All right. Welcome to Coffee with Marcus and Mark, the number one stock market show on Spotify and one of the most popular market updates on YouTube. In the show, we talk about what's happening in the markets and how we're trading them. Today is Thursday, September 14th. Stocks try to snap a two-day losing streak. More inflation data today. We'll look at today's PPI report. Retail sales data is out. Caesars gets hacked. A strike deadline looms for GM. We'll take a look at GM and Marcus's position or short put there. And we'll use the wheel calculator to consider selling calls on NEE. If this is your first time here, my name is Mark Hodge and I'm head coach at Rockwell Trading. I apologize for the slightly delayed start, but sometimes cameras do tricky things but we're all good now and i am running the show solo you could call the episode coffee with mark marcus will join me tomorrow and i promise that you are in good hands at rockwell trading you could say we know our stuff we're not afraid to tell it like it is we have a ton of trading experience and if you are looking for some honest insight into the world of trading then you are at the right place now before we dive in and uh, take a look at our positions. Let's see what's going on in the markets. And I realized I need to make sure I share my screen. There we go. So the S&P 500, look at this. Flirting with 4,500. I mentioned that the 4,500 level around numbers. Uh, can be a, attractive to traders. And right now we see that the S&P trying to get to 4,500. High of the day right now, 4,499.18 and up 0.7%. So pretty nice move today following back-to-back -back losses on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Dow also higher, really roughly by the same amount. Also trying to snap a two-day Losing. If we look at the NASDAQ, here we go. NASDAQ leading the way up 0.9%. So nice move. And the NASDAQ and SP back above their 50 day moving averages. So it looks like uh, stocks want to move. Today, as mentioned, this week the focus was on inflation data. We had CPI data yesterday coming out slightly higher than expected, mostly due to energy costs and housing. And today we had the August reading of the producer price index, PPI. Let's go ahead and look at the economic calendar in PowerX Optimizer. And we see here that core PPI came out in line with expectations, but PPI increased much more than expected up 0.7%. This was compared to a 0.4% forecast and compared to last reading of 0.4%. So this was a bit of a surprise and a jump. And I think that this caught traders off guard. Let's look at the mini S&P so we could see what futures uh, were showing and how the to that data this morning, an hour before U.S. markets opened up. Going to a five-minute trial, and you see here there was just a slight drift higher throughout the overnight session, and this was the first reaction. So the first reaction negative to that PPI data, and then a nice bounce uh, trading at session highs before U.S. markets open, then a bit of a dip uh, 
once U.S. markets open. And now we're back trading at session highs. So I, I think that the original reaction was negative because of this PPI number that came in higher than expected. But then the focus, at least my opinion, turned back towards core PPI because core PPI excludes more volatile uh, data like energy. And this is where with uh, the core PPI coming in line with estimates and, and sorry for uh, core PPI versus PPI, core PPI excludes energy and food as well, which can be a little more volatile and fluctuate more. So I, I think that traders decided, hey, let's focus our attention on this. Uh, retail sales also positive as well. I mean, in my opinion, PPI was the big number here, the big focus, but retail sales coming in uh, a little bit stronger, 0.6% versus 0.1%. Core retail sales also up 06 versus 0.4. So retail, some good news with retail. Unemployment claims coming in lower than expected at 220 versus a 226 estimate. I think all in all, the, the takeaway here for the uh, in inflation picture based on CPI yesterday and PPI today is that, sure, energy might be rising or energy costs that is. If we look at crude oil, crude oil trading above $90 a barrel, we go to a, a daily chart here and energy costs are increasing with higher crude oil prices. Crude oil on a big uh, run up here since late August, but at least based on inflation data, I think traders are thinking that the Fed doesn't need to be too aggressive here, keeping rates the same, hoping that energy costs will come down. Uh, we do know that OPEC, OPEC excuse me, and allies have really kind of created this higher crude oil uh, price increase because of their uh, production cuts. And, and so maybe this is a little more short term. Uh, if we look at the CME FedWatch tool and we see what the probabilities show, the next uh, Fed meeting is in six days, two hours, 48 minutes and 30 seconds <laughs> as this page updates. And this has not impacted the uh, probability of no hike at the next meeting, 97% chance that there will be no hike. And then if we look at the probabilities for future meetings, it does shift a little more towards keeping rates the same versus increasing. So uh, this supports what I was saying about the overall takeaway from inflation data this week that investors are thinking, you know, maybe with the data that we see right now, the Fed will not raise at the next meeting. And even though energy costs are increasing, the, the data doesn't say, hey, we have a big, big problem with inflation creeping up, at least not now based on the data and traders believing that the Fed will not raise again uh, and instead keep rates the same and then start cutting uh, the middle of 2024. Now, this could change, but this is what we have available to us now as we head into next week's uh, Fed week. And we'll see what the Fed has to say about this because traders have underestimated what the Fed will do over the last year and a half. And uh, we just have to see what the Fed has to say. But at this point, 
traders liking this data, liking this news, and markets are trading higher. Now, let's see here. Let's uh, uh, let, let's uh, go back to PowerX Optimizer and let's quickly take a look at the heat map and just take a look at the S&P 500, see where these gains are distributed. And you see that really for the most part, it's across the board rally, right? Sure, there's a little red. Netflix is down 1.5%. Uh, Altria uh, is down 2.4%. Visa, MasterCard down a little bit. Uh, so there's some red, but it's, it's not just the big seven leading the way uh, with Microsoft, NVIDIA, Apple, Google, Meta, Amazon, Tesla. Instead, that might have been, no, that was seven. <laughs> uh, instead, it's really kind of across the board, which is a, a, a good thing. Uh, a few things here. Let's uh, let's take a look at, what was it? Uh, Caesars. And, and I think... I thought I made a note here, but it sounds like Caesars got hacked, had to pay some money. Uh, it doesn't seem to be impacting Caesars price today, up 1.8%. Uh, I, I thought that was interesting, and I meant to make a note of it, but I guess I didn't. So instead, let's take a look at GM. So GM automakers, there we go, all over the place today. At one point this morning, GM was higher. Uh, right now, down 0.8%. So uh, early on, traders were shaking off the potential UAW strike. The United Auto Workers are likely to strike, according to a Facebook post from the UAW president, uh, or what actually what the president said during a Facebook Live event. Uh, last night, and it seems like the union and auto companies are not on the same page. So we'll have to see. There's a deadline at 11.59 p.m. tonight, uh, and they say they will go on strike if they can't reach a deal by then. If we look at Ford, Ford also potentially uh, – caught up in this uh, strike well definitely so down 0.9 percent so you know take get a little heat on gm and ford now marcus still has his puts and if we look at gm he has sold the 32 put for this friday and there is some additional risk in this trade because there is uncertainty because there is an unknown and that causes options prices to expand and to increase because options traders are basically making bets that a stock will move or not move, essentially, right? So you have lower volatility uh, options when a stock doesn't move as much and traders don't expect as you know price fluctuations that are that great. And when there is uncertainty and an expectation that a stock might move, that gets priced into options. And that's where we could take advantage of those increases at times by being an option seller. That's why we love to trade the wheel. If there is a strike, sure, there can be some short-term uh, reaction to this news. But longer term, we believe that this, 
this isn't going to be a significant issue for GM. And don't get me wrong, there could definitely be a, a drop. Uh, maybe it's worse than expected. Maybe it's not as bad as expected. Right now, looking at the expected move for options that are expiring tomorrow, options traders are basically betting on a, a 3% move to the upside or downside, which would mean that basically 68% chance will stay between 34, 38 and 32, 42, which is, which is above the 32 strike that Marcus has sold. So if we're playing the numbers, if we're playing the, the odds, 32 is just outside of that. And there would be an 85% chance or even slightly better because 32 is below 3241 that the stock, even if there's a reaction to this deadline tonight, will stay above 32. But Marcus has decided that 32 is a price level that he wants to be a buyer. And based on the information we have now, so that put is still open and we'll have to see tomorrow if he gets uh, signed shares, if we close below 32 uh, tomorrow with tomorrow's expiration, or if we stay above 32, stay tuned. Now looking at some open positions here, let me go ahead and actually go to my portfolio. Uh, let's see, ALB. So ALB, we're working out nicely. ALB is a stock that both Marcus and I traded, made some nice money when we were assigned earlier and had this pop. Now pulling back again. Uh, we have the 180 strike expiring tomorrow. Right now, ALB looking pretty good. Uh, trading right around. Uh, let me get rid of. Oh, let's do that. There we go. Get rid of those lines. Trading around 185. So five bucks above our 180 strike that we sold. Haven't closed this trade at 90% max profit yet. CSIQ having a nice little day. Let me get rid of this blue box here. CSIQ after yesterday's pullback up nicely back above $28 a share. 3% plus gain for the day. I'll take it. I love it. Let's just continue to move and hopefully uh, we'll see that that rally continue and then also maybe some more upside after next week's Fed decision. Let's uh, take a look at PNC. We'll come back to NEE. So PNC also moving higher with the overall market up 2.2%. So liking this rally, not able to sell calls right now, looking for a pop up to 136, which is my cost basis. Uh, my break even on this one oh, right now, there's a little, uh, let's, yeah, let's reload the page, see if that helps. I think we disconnected it from the server. So Power X is not showing what my break even is, but we, and I think in general, uh, things are a little slow on my end today. So my apologies. I do not think that's related to our servers. I think it's me, but I am able to see the break even now. So my cost basis, 136, break even 129.35. So in spite of this one being a bit of a challenging trade since we put the trade on in March, I'm a couple bucks away from my break even with the stock trading at 126.33. And I want to talk about selling calls because this is a good example as well. Uh, but before we do, let's look at UPS. UPS, 
Nice little pop today. Gap higher, up 1.3%, trading right around 160. So my assignment price is at 165. Not able to sell calls at 165 yet, but this looking much better since the drop that we saw on uh, what was it Tuesday? Now selling calls. Let's let's go back to NEE, and really this applies to uh, well, this applies to PNC and UPS as well. What I look for when selling calls with PNC and UPS, I'm not able to sell calls at my cost basis. So that's my plan. That's Marcus's plan. Sell calls at our cost basis or higher. If we could sell calls above our cost basis, we have the potential to make money on the calls that are being sold and as well as a stock increase. So that's an ideal scenario. However, I don't mind selling calls just at my cost basis. It might mean that I get called away and I don't make money on the stock, but I'm only going to sell a call if I get the premium that I want. And for Marcus and I, we have a line in the sand that's 30% annualized uh, to say, hey, yeah, this uh, premium is worthwhile because if we could maintain a 30% annualized uh, strategy, hey, that works. And sometimes it gets better, especially if we can make some money on the stock from time to time. That's in addition to the 30% annualized with the premium collected with calls and puts. Now, there have been a few questions about what about going further out in time or lowering the strike, selling calls below the cost basis. And for me, I might consider selling calls between my break-even and cost basis if I was worried about a position and trying to get out of the trade. But I'm not trying to just sell calls for the sake of selling calls. Think of it this way. If you purchase a house and you're renting it and you have renters, and let's say that you're you're collecting $1,500 a month for rent, and then they decide to move out. Now, do you want to stick with that $1,500 a month for rent? It might be that it's vacant for a month or two, but then you're getting that $1,500 rent and it's back to normal once the market changes, right? Or do you want to change your what you want to collect for rent Maybe drop it to $300 for the month just to get something, right? The problem there is now you have renters who are paying $300 a month, and it's going to be hard to make up that difference when you should be collecting $1,500, right? The analogy actually works true with selling calls against stock as well, because if we sell calls below our cost basis or collect less premium, and then things stabilize and rebound and the stock rallies, it's going to be hard to get out of that position by rolling. I see this happen all the time when stocks, they, they want, or traders, they want to do something with those stocks. It feels as though it's just sitting there in untapped buying power that you can't make money on. But in my experience, if we're doing our job correctly, picking good stocks that are sound companies, picking good strikes near support, then it's better to wait than get aggressive and selling calls and picking up a couple of pennies when if there is a nice move in our favor, we can now get back to getting the premium that we want to and more. Uh, I've tested this. I've experimented with it. I've looked at positions that Marcus and I have traded and I've compared waiting versus taking smaller amounts and it just 
always shows that we should wait right now quickly here let's this video started to go a little bit longer than i expected but hey let's talk trading so selling calls because the other question was what about going further out in time and i think it was john who posted the question about ne well if you can't sell calls at 69.50 right now why not go out to let's say i think it was october 13th and sell the 70 right so if we go out to october 13th and we go to sell the 70 i think yesterday it was 80 cents or 85 cents that could be collected so this is where I think the the wheel calculator here that we have in PowerX Optimizer is crucial for maximizing your profitability when selling calls. Because if I look at this, it sounds like 85 cents is a great idea. Because if I sell the 70 call, I could make 50 cents on the trade because I'm assigned at 69.50. So if I get called away at 70, I'm making 50 cents on the stock and I'm collecting 85 cents on that call. Well, right now, the calculator is actually using 90 cents, the bid price. So more than we had available yesterday, and there's one day closer to expiration. So uh, yesterday, it would have been potentially better. But uh, nonetheless, look at this, 16% annualized. So if I get 90 cents, but I'm going 29 days out, I'm only getting 16% annualized. This is where I truly believe that we can be more profitable going short term, going one to two weeks out, make more money in the long run, but also have more flexibility. So if we sell the 69.50, let's say for a closer expiration and the stock rallies, it could be that we just get out, we're done with the trade and we don't have to see this pullback just like ALB, right? ALB had this nice run. We made some nice money, got called away. We had an opportunity to now sell the 180 when we were originally assigned at 190, 192.50. Same could take place with any E. So I don't want to go this far out, but also I think that we can do much better annualized if we wait. And if we look at tomorrow's expiration, we see that, okay, the 69 call, it's not the 70. But this 69 call, we can get 30 cents probably splitting the 25 bid, 35 offer. But even at 25 cents, that's 65% annualized. In fact, if you were able to get 15 cents on the 69.50 today, you would have collected, what is that? 78% annualized. Oops, nope, I need to do 15, not 30. Right, that seemed a little high. 39%, right? But so this is a one-day trade let's see what happens if we could go out one week and go to september 22nd because again this would this is what i'd be focusing on tomorrow or next week and here we see that if we are able to sell the 69.50 45 cents is going to give us 26 percent annualized 50 cents is going to be even better and let's see what that looks like so 29% annualized, not quite the 30, but see, this is where I think this is a much better trade. We're going out eight days to expiration rather than 29 days to expiration. We get more than half of what we could collect 
in eight days versus 29. And our ROI is 29% rather than 16%. So long story short, I think it's important to know your numbers and really be aware of the ROI. And I believe that with the trading environment that we have, being able to sell weeklies and one to two weeks out gives us greater flexibility, a greater profit potential. And yes, there are some times where we have to sit and wait to rent that property. Well, it's better to get what we're asking for that rent rather than dropping it substantially just to get a couple of pennies and then get stuck. Hope this helps. Hope you liked the video. If you did, please give it a thumbs up. Give it a like. If you're new to the channel and you love trading as much as us, subscribe so you get notified for or when we do future videos. Next video tomorrow morning, I'll be here with Marcus. And until then, happy trading, everybody.